This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Chat GPT. Uh, like I say, I think in terms of artificial intelligence technology that's readily accessible for the masses, this is the number one. This is the one that I think is taken off the quickest. Most people are using. Sarah uses it. Uh, my kids used it. Um, I, I know lots of people who use it. They use it for things like Sarah uses it for writing emails, which it's so fantastic because if you know Sarah, you know that she has to sort of temper herself every once in a while. So she tells ChatGPT to tell her to write an e- or write an email for her that is what, what? How did you describe it, Sarah? Uh, well, I usually write something that I can't say on the radio. Yeah, a polite slap. A polite slap, but not to the point where it's... Yeah, yeah, like, because I want the email to be getting my point across and slightly aggressive without being rude. So for a guy like me who hates confrontation... It'd be perfect for you. It it would do it for me. Yeah, it would. Ooh, I might try this. But anyway, that's what chat... I mean, it writes resumes, it writes all kinds of things. It's really, really, really taken off and is very commonly used. Um, Education has had to try and come up with some rules around this because you can just tell it to write a term paper for you and it'll do it, right? So, okay, well, that's not going to work. So lots of things. Um, it looks like it was absolutely taking off. As I say, the company that founded it, OpenAI, worth $80 billion by most estimates, sort of the going concern when it comes to artificial intelligence. It looked like everything was going well, but then within a matter of a few days, and literally we're talking about two or three days here, they fired the co-founder and CEO of OpenAI. The board did this. Um, then fired his replacement. The other co-founder, or one of the other co-founders, left because they fired that other co-founder. Then, pretty much the entire workforce within OpenAI, the entire company, everybody who worked for them, except for you know a couple of people, said, okay, we're leaving too, because everybody's going to end up at Microsoft. Then this morning it was announced that the founder that they fired is now back, and the board is out. It's crazy. It is sheer chaos. Let's find out what's going on, what's happening, and what it means for AI in a larger sense, because like I say, they're sort of leading it, especially at the consumer level. So we're going to speak with Dr. Kean Birch, who is a professor and director of the Institute for Technoscience and Society at York. Uh, doctor, thanks for being here. I appreciate your time. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. So let's go back to the beginning here. OpenAI, the company creates JetGPT, co-founded by Sam Altman and Greg Brockman. Altman gets fired. Brockman leaves in protest. Why did this all, why did it start? Why was Altman let go by the board? Uh, well, that's a little bit mysterious. So uh, all we know is what the board announced on Friday. So that was the day he was fired. Um, and they, and in their announcement, they said something along the lines of uh, he's not being consistently candid in his communications with the board. Uh, and they, you know, lost lost confidence with him as the CEO. Um, but you know, it's it's a it's a pretty vague statement, uh, and it hasn't really been clarified since. Okay, so after they announced that he's fired, the other co- one of the other co-founders, Brockman, says, okay, well, then I'm leaving. And most of the employees say they're leaving. So it seems like the board was out of step from everybody else within the company. Does that seem fair? Well, I think, yeah, it looks like that. It looks like um, the board was uh, you know, acting 
you know, in its, uh, well, whatever judgment it had. Um, and it, uh, yeah, it caused a, um, uh, you know, a big uh, revolt amongst the employees at OpenAI. Um, yeah, so, it, you know, as I said, it, it was a vague statement, and I yeah. think that's you know, inevitably led to, to this kind of... Um, I don't know, yeah, response. So you jump ahead to today and it looks like everything's back to normal except for the board. The board is out and everybody else is is back in. That's at least how I understand it. Yeah, so they've, they've uh, it looks like they've um, uh, fired, sacked, whatever, three members of the board um, who uh, fired Adam, uh, sorry, Sam Altman on Friday. And then they've got two new board members in. Um, and kept one of their old board members. So the new board members are Larry Summers, uh, Summers who's a you know, well-known economist from the U.S. who's been in the uh, both in the Clinton and Obama administrations, was president of Harvard at one point, and then somebody called Brett Taylor, who's a um, I think an ex-CEO of a, 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 a digital company. And funnily enough, the the uh, board now consists, I think, of three people, two of whom are ex. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Uh, chief technology officers of Facebook, so it's a yeah, an interesting board composition. Yeah. What does this say about, or does it say anything about AI and Chat GPT? Generally speaking, is this all just internal, or is artificial intelligence? We know there's a lot of controversy and disagreement about how to handle it. Um, does this does this fit into that conversation at all, Doctor? Yeah, I think there's a there's a there's a lot of broader issues here, especially around the governance of technology. Yeah. Um, and so I think with, with OpenAI, it's a very interesting organization because it starts as a non-profit back in 2015. And it has this mission, and its mission is very specific. Its mission was to create uh, the first artificial general intelligence, uh, and largely for the benefit of, you know, its, its mission and charter is around the, the creation of this uh, artificial general intelligence, or AGI, for the benefit of humanity. And so it's not, you know, it's not a for-profit organization. And uh, some of the original backers include people like Elon Musk, or Elon Musk, sorry, Peter Field, these very well-known figures in Silicon Valley. Uh, and they're very, you know, fascinated by this whole notion of uh, general, artificial general intelligence. Um, and then it, uh, OpenAI in 2019, they actually create a new kind of subsidiary, a, a for-profit subsidiary within their, their kind of structure, uh, because the, I think they, they had a need to to find um, funding, sure. capital, yeah. because, they, because artificial intelligence is incredibly computing hungry. And so they needed all this capital to pay for computing capacity. And uh, so they set up this for-profit arm of the organization. Um, and this leads to a, a kind of, I think, a, you know, a kind of split or disjuncture between the two kinds of missions that it might have. And I think in the end, money has ended up trumping the mission that they started with. And so they're at a point now where you, I think we're going to see a, you know, a shift in the what they're doing towards more kind of commercial, yeah, uh, you know, consumer-friendly technologies as well. 
Yeah, so it'll be, I mean, which makes sense because they are sort of at the forefront of it. So does it does it change the direction of artificial intelligence? Because they, like you say, it was for the good of humanity. They also said they wanted to create artificial intelligence that was smarter than human beings, which sounds a little dystopian on its surface. But uh, do they continue moving forward? Do they continue to be a leader in this area? Um, well, I think there's a, you know, that I think that the, that having money kind of driving the agenda will, will reshape what they're doing. And I think that that, yeah. you know, that the, the AGI mission is probably, you know, that's probably going to fall, not necessarily by the wayside, but down the set of priorities that they have. And so I think that that whole pursuit of AGI, uh, will, yeah, will slow down or will will get um, you know stymied or whatever, and so we'll see a much more much more focus, as I said, on the, on the kind of consumer facing technologies. Of course, I think it does. I think it does raise. Well, I think AI in general. I think there are a bunch of issues that are emerging that it you know anyone, any organization, open AI or any organization developing AI technology is going to face in the future, and I think you can see some of these already coming up in in public. Uh, policy debates and there are things like copyright for example so a lot of ai trading data sets have scraped uh, copyrighted material and so the us i think there's a there's a federal trade commission uh case that they're going to bring against uh, some of these companies i think open ai in particular actually around the scraping of copyrighted material yeah um, and, then, and then there are other kinds of issues as well and i think the particular issue with open ai is, is things like computing capacity as I said, they use up a massive amount of computing capacity to train the models. And to do that, they need an enormous amount of money. And then they're going to run up against, at some point, run up against a, a limit on the amount of computing capacity that's just available. Um, and I think that uh, that's going to come on, become a bigger, bigger issue, especially as you have companies like NVIDIA, which is one of the major producers of the, the chips that they need at the minute, the what's called GPUs or graphics uh, processing units. These are the major kind of chips that they need, and they they're going to come up against a you know kind of limit because they're just not producing enough. So there's going to be all sorts of issues with that as well. Interesting. Okay. So it's not unlimited. Uh, I, I've always sort of thought of AI in its infancy as sort of the sky's the limit. We don't know where this is going to go, but there are some natural limitations that are in place. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's all sorts of hardware or materiality yeah. issues here where. You have to have the computing capacity. You have to have the data centers to hold the data. Uh, you, all sorts of things that you need uh, that underpins, uh, you know, the, uh, artificial intelligence technologies. And energy is another one, right? So sure. there is an ecological cost to a lot of this. And so if you expand the, you know, if you expand AI into consumer-facing technologies, uh, there is going to be a huge environmental cost and a huge material cost to do that. Uh, and that's going to be something I think will, uh, I'm not sure that they've got a solution to, to get yeah. past that in the moment. Yeah, I think there's a lot that remains to be seen surrounding AI in a lot of areas. Um, Dr. Birch, thank you so much for your time today. I do appreciate you being here.